So welcome back to the show. Today we've got Jacob Keris with us. Um and we're we're just gonna have a, a nice chat about the journey that he's been on, where how he got to where he is and his new program that he's just launched. So Jacob, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Um I'm absolutely fine. So do you wanna let us know? Um, a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I mean, firstly, thanks for thanks for having me on. It's always good to have a good to have a chat, and, and I'm sure over the next kind of forty five or so, we can we can bring some some value to the audience. So we'll try to try to keep the the story as brief as possible and and integrate some helpful stuff. So mine uh, my journey goes. I mean, initially it goes well back to to 2011 um, is when I first kind of found the online world, but. I was juggling. Uh, I was juggling a, a corporate consulting career that was it was very busy, and um, it was always it always pulled me back. So I didn't really do much. Um, I, I kind of paid attention to what was going on in the space just because it was something that interested me. But I could never really implement. I could never grow a social media presence. I could never do anything because of the job. And uh, it wasn't until until two thousand and seventeen. Um, I was actually living in the states, and uh, my time there was coming to an end in about nine or 10 months. And I was looking at, you know, what do I want to do going forward? Do I want to, do I want to keep doing this? I was at a point where I was like, oh, I got to decide if this is the path that I want to take. Cause I was kind of getting up into the management, senior management roles. And um, once you're in those, it's, it's pretty hard to get out. You look at partnerships and those kind of things in the, in the accounting world. And uh, so I had to make a decision and, and it was, uh, it wasn't it wasn't appealing to me to be to be stuck in an office for the, the 80 100 hours a week that I'd been doing uh, long term I, I wanted something different than that and uh, I enjoyed the work but I didn't like the lifestyle and and it was that that time early 2017 that I I got hit with an ad from from Russell for their affiliate boot camp and um, I knew what affiliate marketing was because I'd paid attention to the industry but I guess the way he positioned it in that training was, you know, it allows you to focus on the front end as opposed to needing to focus on building everything right now, which to me made sense because I had a ton of other stuff going on and and it was like, yeah, okay, I, I can focus on sending people through the front door and then I don't need to necessarily worry about the back end right now. And so that really grabbed my attention and, and uh, you know, one thing ClickFunnels does very well is, they integrate their awards and stuff like that to keep people really engaged. And the dream car was something that, that definitely hooked me as it has for tens and tens of thousands of other people. And so that really became a heavy focus was, was trying to win that while figuring out how this whole game is played and um, doing it while working, you know, pretty, pretty extensive hours. So I jumped in and uh, started building out a blog and, and playing around with a couple of other things. Most of the first, nine to 12 months of my business was done on the go, like on my, um, on my phone, on, on the subway, in Ubers, on planes, flying back and forth to clients. And uh, it was really just trying to piece everything together and, and figure it all out. Um, but it was, it was at that, in that period that I think that's what makes or breaks people, that initial phase where it feels like everything's kind of against you You've probably, you know, you might be juggling family commitments, social commitments, job commitments, 
it, it's that initial phase where you're working it all out. That's ultimately what separates people in this game as to who goes on to to continue with it and, and who kind of falls away. Um, I think the fact that I was mega busy actually played into my favor because I couldn't get distracted. Like I didn't have the time to be distracted. I just had my little strategy that I was executing on. Um, I was learning off a guy named Greg Jeffries and that was all I could do. I, I literally didn't have time to, you know, look at Facebook and, and, and watch a ton of YouTube videos and get distracted by everything else. So I think people almost give themselves too much spare time and that's part of the reason they get they get distracted it's like if you can shut everything else out and focus more on just doing your thing then then you're going to have less time to be pulled in in different directions um so that was really the the first kind of nine months or so i focused on blogging and and click funnels then i came back to australia in 2018 and uh took a bit of time off work to see if i could really make make a run at it so i took some months off kind of unpaid leave and, and I was like, right, well, this is, you know, this is the time I'm either going to go all in on this thing or I'm going to give it a go. It's going to fizzle out and I'll go back to the consulting world. That was when I started my Facebook group and um, got more into paid ads, growing the personal brand and things really just, just took off from there. Um, around August, September 2018 was, was when I won the, the dream car and was able to leave the corporate game. I actually got really sick because I was trying to juggle both. Um, I was working and I was come home and then I was doing a combination of checking on all my ads, creating content and doing some coaching stuff. And so I was, I, I probably went for a solid four months where I was only maybe sleeping four hours a night and it just, it just ran me into the ground. Um, but it was because I was enjoying it so much. Like I, I loved the, the thing that I was building and I didn't want to sacrifice it because I had to, I had to work. So that was stupid, but, um, yeah, is what it is. Uh, so I quit, quit the job in about September of 2018. And then it's been, it's been full time since then. Um, at about that same time was where I started looking for a new challenge beyond click funnels. And, uh, that's what really got me introduced to the, um, high ticket info space, I guess you call it. So initially high ticket affiliate marketing, um, and then creating my own high ticket products and stuff like that. And that's really been the core focus um, since then is, is I worked with, with Legendary. Uh, I worked with on a big launch called um, the Knowledge Business Blueprint. They were two, two big successes that went really, really well for the business. And then um, after that, moved on to, to rolling out my, my own program, which has been now going for, for 14, 15 months called the Super Affiliate Accelerator. And uh, we've just been working closely with with our group of students on trying to take a different approach to the, the problem. With, I really like the affiliate marketing space because of what it's done for me. What I don't like about it is, is the way that it gets marketed. Um, I don't like that it gets sold as this easy thing. I don't like that it gets sold as no work, passive income, all this kind of shit because it's just not it's just not the reality, at least for me anyway. I mean, maybe there's people out there that are, that are smarter than me that have figured it out, but it's just not the reality. It's, it, you know, it takes a significant amount of work. It takes a significant learning curve for the majority of people. And this, this constant barrage of new systems and, and products and solutions that, that promise the world for no work. Um, it's just, it's just not, it's just not the reality. So when we when we rolled out the program, we 
we took a different angle where I could see an opportunity in the market for people who were sick of that, same as me. They were sick of that angle. They were sick of, you know, being promised the world and, and under-delivered to. And and there's a portion of the market, what happens is when you get into this space, you, you, you want to believe that stuff because it sounds great. And then typically what happens is people either just get fed up and they quit or they get to a point where they kind of say enough's enough. I really want this. And now I appreciate the fact that I have to go out and learn some some skills. And that's that's really the people that that tend to come to us is they say, you know, I've done I've done hundreds of calls with with prospects and customers. And that's been a common thread is um, you know, I'm I'm ready to to give up the that dream of, you know, <laughs> not doing anything and 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 money coming in and I'm ready to learn. And so that's really the chunk of the market that we broke off. So we went Went quite specific, focused on high ticket affiliate marketing, focused on um, particularly Facebook traffic. That's gonna that's gonna expand through this year, um, and then you know really just preached a message of, look, if you want to work with us, that's great, but it's exactly that. It's gonna take work, and you're gonna have to learn, um, which isn't the sexiest marketing message, but it means that when people do join, that they're, they're their expectations are much more reasonable. Their expectations are aligned with with what we what we teach, and that just creates a much more um, you know it's a much better dynamic and energy in the group. You don't have people coming in with their expectations here in terms of Jacob said this is going to be super easy. I'm just going to get my link and and be speed. And then and then the reality is it gets in and, and I'm like no no you got to learn all this all this stuff. So it it, it creates a much um, a much better environment and and they're the people you want to work with the ones who are you know committed to to learning that kind of stuff so yeah we ch- we broke off that kind of chunk of the market and and that program's done done really really well um we're we're about this far from crossing the the seven figure mark with that product um that should happen this week and uh so that's really exciting to that that's the first major program i've rolled out and um it's been a it's been an absolute learning curve i mean the things that I'm paying attention to now, as opposed to, you know, 14, 15, 16 months ago, it's just a, it's a world of difference when you take on hundreds of customers. Um, you know, when, when you build this whole thing from the ground up, the, the things that you have to figure out on the fly are, um, are super interesting. It's a, it's a real journey. And, uh, yeah, so that was, that was 2020 was, was growing that. And then, uh, at the start of this year, as you alluded to, I've rolled out actually a couple of new programs and, and rebranded to to really expand the scope of what we're doing. So we've gone from just focusing on affiliate marketing to information marketing generally. One pillar of that being selling other people's products as an affiliate because, you know, that's where I started and I, and I want to keep that connection. Um, with the other two arms being, you know, you've got the option to go out and create your own products and, and programs. Um, and when we talk about that, we're typically talking about something that's got a little bit more leverage. So it'd have an automated sales page, um, typically not too much support involved, if any. Um, so, a, you know, something that people can go through at their own pace. And then the third pillar being uh, coaching and consulting, either at a group setting or, or one-to-one. And, and I'm excited to be able to talk about that stuff now because it goes back to a lot of what I learned in my corporate days as well, there's a lot of crossover between the, the online and offline consulting world. Um, so that's been that's been really refreshing to to expand the scope of the brand and to be able to talk about some new things from from growing that arm of the business. And uh, yeah, man, that's the that's the journey summed up in in 12 minutes. It's been a ride. <laughs> 
that's, that's the journey summed up in 12 minutes. Um, that does sound like it's been a ride. So when you first started out online back in the early days, um, why was you allowed to have a face on uh, online due to being in the consulting world? Yeah, yeah, we weren't allowed like a social media presence or anything in the job. Like we could have a personal one, but we couldn't be seen to be, you know, in another business or anything. It was like, this is your job. And then especially when I was in America, um, we were working on really high profile uh, restructuring cases. So either bankruptcies through the courts or even just big restructurings that weren't quite in the court system yet. And and it was public and, and these are like multi-billion dollar companies not not small businesses um and so we just could we weren't allowed a, an online presence um which made it which made it tricky but that's why blogging worked because i could do blogging from behind the scenes um and that's a that's a tip for your audience is when they're getting started you know you're going to get bombarded with a lot of different strategies people are going to say youtube someone's going to say facebook someone's going to tell you tiktok you need to pick the strategy that fits your situation at the time um that can evolve that can change Make sure that it plays to your strengths. Uh, if you're if you've got no capacity to to be on video, don't go down the video path just because it's what you're being told to do. It's got to play to your situation and your strengths. Otherwise, you're never going to be consistent with it. And honestly, consistency is as as unsexy as it is is one of the biggest things in this in this industry that, that a lot of people lack. It certainly is consistency is probably the most important thing out of a lot of it. Um, so you chose blogging originally as your video. I think I've just lost you, man. Stream seems to have cut out. Yeah, we're back. All right, Actually, cool. I can see the reason why. Um, so, yeah. So as I was saying, um, you started with blogging. How long did it start? How long did it take for you to actually see some results with blogging? It actually happened relatively quickly. So the guy I was learning off, like I said before, his name is Greg Jeffries, and, and he had and still has a strategy that's that's a bit different. So what a lot of people do when they go into blogging is they go after like really big keywords. Um, so for example, we were trying to get people to sign up for ClickFunnels. So a lot of people were going after bigger, like they'd literally try and rank for ClickFunnels or they'd try and rank for um, you know, ClickFunnels review or, or something like that. He, his strategy was was less volume but much more targeted, so what long-tail keywords. Um, so the articles were much more specific and, um, you know, less traffic. You might only you might only have something that gets searched 10, 20, 30 times a month on, an, on one particular article, but no one's ranking for that keyword in particular, like that very, very specific keyword that might have three, four, five, six words in it. Um, so it actually didn't take that long. I think it was within the first couple of weeks that, that a couple of sales started to drop. Um, and I think in that first nine months, the blog did, a, it was about 20 grand. I think it did um, overall. Uh, I mean, there was that was also at a time where ClickFunnels was really starting to gain momentum. So there was a lot of organic traffic coming into the search engines because of what they were doing over on Facebook and running ads and stuff, uh, which is another thing to think about is if you can identify, you know, opportunities where companies are growing and they're spending money on ads, whenever someone's spending money on ads, what's going to happen naturally is people are going to start Googling that business. So if you can position yourself within Google, um, you can get kind of a, you know, a trickle down effect 
of their ad spend. Um, so yeah, it didn't uh, it didn't actually take that long, and um, then I just started to integrate more of their offers. Um, they've obviously got their their kind of cookie system, and they've got a lot of products. So you know, if you got someone in who bought a book, they'd only spent you know, eight bucks, but then they'd either get the software or they might rustle and sell them something different. So they've got a really good ecosystem, which meant that, you know, people were getting upsold and cross-sold and downsold and, and all these kind of things, which makes it easier to um, to get moving. But yeah, I mean, I eventually moved away from blogging because it wasn't, it wasn't really my style, kind of sitting behind the scenes. I prefer to be out talking to people and, um, but it was, it was perfect for what I needed at the time. Yeah. For your situation. Yeah. hundred percent. So is that blog still out there? Is it still out on the, on the internet? It, it was until I got a notification like three days ago saying that there was some issue with the domain. So if I went there now, I don't know if it would still be up. I've got to check out what's going on with the um, domain. Yeah, there's a, there's a domain error that I need to look at. It's something to do, it's, I just looked at it, something to do with WordPress. Oh, sorry, not domain, hosting issue. Um, hosting oh, issue. Yeah, so it was live until like last week, but... I need to look into something that's going on with HostGator, obviously. And was that still um, was that still pulling in traffic? I couldn't tell you to be honest. I've honestly not looked at it. I haven't put any content on it for probably two years. Um, but it would be like I, I would be I would be ninety nine percent confident that it would be because the articles just sit out there. Not a not a ton of traffic, um, but you know I'll periodically check my my ClickFunnels reports my affiliate reports. Um, and whenever I put an article on there, I always use the the blog name in the, in the unique identifier. And, um, you know, that was always popping up from time to time, either, either directly or as a, as a cookie, like someone's bought something, you know, 12 months ago and, and now they've come back and they're still tagged with that cookie. So they, you get the commission. Um, and that's where, you know, that's where blogging and, and, and YouTube as well is cool is because you're building these, these kind of digital assets, this digital real estate, um, that can work when you're not there. Yeah. So when you started moving away from face, uh, from blogging, um, mm-hmm. you chose to go the route of the Facebook group, I'm guessing. Um, yep. Why did you choose Facebook and Facebook groups as your, as your vehicle of choice at that time? So, so the reason for that was when I took that time off work, I wanted to start with the personal branding thing, but I still wasn't in a point where I could go like fully public because I still had the job. I wasn't working, but I still had the job. Um, and a Facebook group let me start build a, start building a personal brand, but kind of behind the scenes, if that makes sense, because it's a private group, only people in the group can see you. Um, so I started, I started the group because it was kind of a halfway in between. Like it let me start doing the personal branding thing without being out there and being fully public. Um, so it kind of let me, you know, straddle both worlds, so to speak. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot of power in them. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's a community that you get to curate the content. You get to decide who's in there, who's not in there. Um, you can really build up this, you know, this cool, cool environment. You can, you can sell, um, I, I really enjoy I really enjoy running the group, and I think I think for anybody um, who's got you know designs on building a on building a personal brand and an audience, I think they're they're an awesome vehicle. You've got to go into it with the right expectations that you know it's not something that you can work on for a month and and expect huge results. It's a long term play. I mean, I've been running mine now for 
three years. Um, and, and you've only, you've only just recently crossed, crossed over five, 5,000, haven't you? Yeah, we took more of a, um, a quality over quantity approach. So, you know, when you start to get new member requests, um, you've got to make a decision on who do we let in and who don't we let in. If we'd let, if we'd let the majority of people in, we'd be at 15, 20,000. Um, but it's just not quality. Like it's not, you know, people don't answer all the questions. Um, you know, people try and join with, with fan pages. Like you, you get a lot of requests. It's just a matter of how many do you, how many do you let in and, and are those people going to engage? Like if they can't be bothered answering one of the questions, the chances of them actually engaging is, is pretty low. So we, we curated it. Um, yeah, and you don't need a big, when you, when you learn some of the, um, you know, certain things around selling and, and marketing the right way, you don't actually need a massive audience in order to monetize. Um, you can monetize quite effectively with a, with a small audience. Um, so it's, I think a quality over quantity approach is better. So when did you decide to um, when did you decide to move into the high ticket uh, scene and concentrate more on high ticket offers of side things? Yeah, so it was just after the um, after the ClickFunnels Dreamcar thing wrapped up in about August 2018. I had I was at a decision point. I was playing in a circle with like a lot of people who'd been um, kind of on the same journey as me in terms of chasing the dream car and. People have since gone their separate ways. The landscape's changed quite a bit. Um, but I, I could have either gone and doubled down on that, but I didn't want to build – I didn't want to be just known as Jacob the ClickFunnels guy. Like I wanted to, to do something different. I needed a new challenge. Um, and that was when I got into Legendary. I, I joined Legendary maybe five months earlier, um, but – I, I was so focused on the on the ClickFunnels thing that I, I was like, I'm just going to leave this and, and not let it kind of distract me at this point. Um, so yeah, it was it was when I was looking for a new challenge, and and the math makes sense to me. Like people get really hung up on this recurring commission thing um, when you've got to look at the the numbers behind it in an absolute way. Just because just because somebody signs up to a fifty dollar a month thing. That, that doesn't mean they're going to be paying you $50 a month forever, right? Like there's a lot of people out there preaching recurring, 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 which is fine. I understand it's great to, to have a baseline. Um, like I've still got ClickFunnels that pays between three and four grand a month for doing like nothing. Um, it's great, but you, you need to look at the absolute numbers and go, what's that customer actually worth? Not, am I getting paid every month? Um, and it's a, you know, when you look at it that way, you've got, so for example, ClickFunnels makes you $40 a month per customer on their lower plan versus $1,000 sale. They need to stay on for 25 months and the average customer is just not doing that. Um, so to me, so to me, folk, and, and, and aside from that, you've got the timing element. Um, would you rather, let's assume they did stay on for 25 months. Would you rather get $40 a month for 25 months or would you rather have the $1,000 come in today? And, 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 you know, the obvious answer is you get the cash in today because then you've got 25 months to use it on something else. You've got 25 months to reinvest it in ads, reinvest it in a mentor, you know, buy software, make the business better. The the return that you can get on that thousand dollars over 25 months is a hell of a lot more than it it slowly accumulating in in your bank account. So I think there's a there's an unhealthy obsession with recurring 
products. Um, they have their place, absolutely, uh, but you know it's it's not as it's not as great as it seems on the surface. Um, you've got to look at how long is the average customer sticking for, um, and then you can compare that to you know the other things that are out there and factor in the timing as well. So um, when I kind of looked at all those things, that's what really you know excited me about the high ticket space, and it and it's in line with the quality over quantity thing we just spoke about too, like. You don't need that many customers to build a 10, 20, 30K a month business. Whereas if you're selling in the one, two, $300 kind of price range, you, you need a pretty serious amount of volume. And you're paying the same, if you're doing ads, you're paying the same amount for those leads. It's just how much you're extracting. Um, or if you're doing organic, you're doing the same work. It's just, you know, how much are you extracting on average per customer? Um, so that was that was really what enticed me um, about the space. And the, the other thing you find too is when people spend more, they're typically more committed. It's not always the way. Um, there's, a, there's an expression that, um, that Russell uses. I, I know he didn't come up with it, but it's the, the people who pay, pay attention. I think it goes one step further and it's more like people who pay enough that it kind of scares them a little bit and, and it makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable, those people pay attention. Because if you go and spend two grand on something and it's like that's that's not – moving the needle on my credit card statement or whatever, um, you're not going to pay attention to it. But if if that's, you know, something that you seriously need to think about and, and then you make the investment, you're probably going to pay a lot more attention to it. Um, so you get people who are, you know, they, they show up more, they go through the training more, they, you know, they they stick with things for longer. Um, so I just think it has a, it has a lot of benefits to it. Um, for both the business owner and the and the customer. Mm -hmm. So your first high ticket offers weren't they part of the legendary market program? Yeah, that was really the first high ticket program that I started promoting. Back then, um, you actually had to you had to own it, all, all of their stuff to promote it. Um, it was a, a different model to what they've got now. Um, I, I prefer that model because you've got. Nowadays, you've got people who are promoting stuff that they have never bought themselves, and they don't really know what they're promoting. Um, but you know, there was there was reasons for that change, and uh, yeah, so I invested a lot of money with them to to be able to go through their programs and um, see what see what I was promoting and and go to their events and stuff like that. And uh, again, you know, when you spend money to buy a product and go through it, you you way way more likely to stick with it. If that if they'd had a free affiliate program. The chances that I'd, you know, stick around and, and heavily promote it, probably a lot less. I probably wouldn't be here today because I spent money with them and had to invest and, and go through all their stuff. It meant that I was really committed to that to that offer and, and that company, um, which comes back to what we were talking about before. So yeah, they were the first main high ticket thing that I promoted, and then and then that rolled into a um, a launch in about April, May of the following year, 2019, which was the, the KBB launch. That was a high ticket info product as well. Um, obviously a different structure because it was a launch as opposed to like an evergreen sales process. Um, but same thing. And that just kind of reinforced to me a couple of things. It was like, yeah, high, high ticket is the way to go. And it, it that that success really got me going, okay, you know what you're doing at this point, you can you've you've probably got the um, ability now to go and do your own thing, and that's what then ultimately became the catalyst for SAA. 
Awesome. 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 So, obviously, now moving a little bit forward into uh, Super Affiliate Accelerator. Um, what's it been like uh, having as many students that you have and seeing them progress in in themselves and hitting them them numbers that you probably even thought it wasn't even possible at the beginning of launching that. Like is it Aaron that's just crossed hundred K in commissions? Uh SAA? SAA, yeah. Yeah, so SAA is, is just about to cross a million bucks in sales. Yeah. Yeah. And um and some of them, uh, some of your students have done. Oh, some of the students, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one, one guy just crossed a hundred k, yeah, 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 hundred k in sales, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, what, what are some of the challenges that you've come across when, um, when running that program? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, so when we first rolled it out, we did it in a um, in like a beta kind of style. We pre-sold it. Um, which is which is a really cool thing to do if anyone's looking to roll out their own program. It's not 100% necessary. You don't have to do it, but it has its benefits. So so we had the we had the idea, we had the framework, we knew where we were going to take everyone, um, and then we gave ourselves about three weeks a month, uh, and we sold 40 spots at a thousand dollars a head, and uh, that was with what what it's a concept Sam Ovens talks about called a, an MVO, which is a minimum viable offer. Um, so we, we knew what the, the content was going to cover. We had our Facebook group, we had our support schedule, which is, you know, we're going to go live each week at a certain time. Um, and then we had a checkout form and that's what we, that's what we sold. Um, which is pretty cool because, you know, you can get moving quickly if you've got clarity on where you ultimately want to take it. Um, so we took on 40 people in the beta. Um, that was the first time I'd worked with people at, at those kind of numbers, um, so the initial, I guess the initial learning experience was, okay, I understand this stuff and, and the guys I'm working with understand this stuff, but how do you, how do you really articulate that in a way that other people are going to get it? Um, so that's, you know, that's always a learning curve and that's, and that's always something you're, you're aiming to improve on when you're teaching other people things is how do I articulate this in a way that doesn't just make sense to me, but it makes sense to other people. And this is why in content you have to repeat yourself is because you know most people have a core message or a core few messages that you need to reinforce over and over again, but you keep saying things like if you listen to Gary Vee, you listen to Grant Cardone, they're not they've got like three, four, five core things that they talk about, but they keep saying them in a different way so that when that message clicks for their audience, it, it, it clicks when they hear it in a way that makes sense to them, and that's the same when you're when you're coaching people or, or when you're creating an info product, is. Um, you know, you need to articulate things in a way that's going to make sense to other people. So that was probably the first challenge was making sure that people, um, you know, it, it made sense to them, not just us. Then when we, you know, then when we really opened the program up and we started taking on more people, one thing I'd never really paid much attention to um, was setting really strict rules. So when you run a program, you need to be crystal clear with people this is where you get support. This is where you don't get support. Um, this is what you do in this scenario. This is what you do in this scenario. Because because what started happening was between myself and Jamie and Chris, the guys that I run it with, it just got out of hand in terms of people messaging and all this kind. Of, like we told we you you will tell people do this, don't do this, do this. They won't listen. Like people don't listen. They they just don't. And and you need to keep saying like we literally post nearly every other week. 
here's how you get support. Don't don't message us directly. There's you know there's 570 of you. We can't work with everybody um, directly. So the that was a big learning curve was making sure that there's you know strict rules in place and they get regularly um, reinforced and and you don't deviate from them because if you start deviating from them a couple of times then that starts to become the the accepted practice and and you just very quickly end up in in chaos. Um, so that's a massive thing is is setting rules around contact because with with a few hundred students, if they all feel like they can message you, your life is over. Like, good luck, <laughs> you're done. Um, so that was definitely a massive um, learning curve. I think the other the other big learning curve going through it from a business perspective, there's probably two other main ones. One is um, there comes a time where People always want more, more value, more stuff, more, 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 more. There comes a time where you need to draw a line in the sand a little bit and say, you know, enough's enough kind of um, because you go beyond a point where providing more value is not actually helping anybody. More trainings, making things more complex for them. Um, the more stuff you give them for free, uh, there's this there's this like familiarity problem that kicks in. It's like, well, Jacob's just giving me all this stuff for free, so I'm going to go buy off somebody else. Um, it's this weird like inverse relationship where everybody thinks that if I just give people more stuff for free, they'll keep buying more from me. And it's just not the way that it, it's just not the way that it works. Like if you, if you don't, if you don't kind of draw a line in the sand and say, no, that's like, this is the scope of the program and this is where we're stopping. Um, they just want more and expect more for free while they go and buy from other people. So you do have to, you do have to juggle that to a degree, especially when you're rolling out like a, a bigger program. Um, so then it becomes a matter of, well, you know, how do I keep people engaged if we're not adding a ton of more content all the time? And, and, and that's a, that's a battle in itself. Um, and then I think the other big, big learn, not, not necessarily a learning curve, but more of just a, a management thing is it, it doesn't matter how much you, you help people. So we've been doing weekly calls now for 15 months and we've never missed a week, which in the internet marketing space is like unheard of, um, People come and go with programs so quickly. We've we've been in in the group every day, twenty four to forty eight hour response time on all questions. People never get missed out, um, and it, it doesn't matter how good your training is. It doesn't matter how much you want to help people. It doesn't matter how much you do help people and fulfill on all those things. There is always going to be people who will attack you and try and bring you down. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much of a saint you are in terms of doing the right thing or trying to do the right thing, you will never please everybody. So don't even bother trying. Um, like you just, you just can't do it plain and simple. Um, and you can't let that thing, you can't let those moments, you know, get you down too much. You just got to, you just got to plow through them. So that'd be the biggest, biggest learning curves I'd say. Brilliant. Brilliant. So with this new program that you've uh, just launched this year, this year, the Fast Cash Rolex. Yep. Um, what's what's that all about? Uh, so you get seven strategies to help you generate cash and demand. Can you explain yeah, so a bit I'll, share the kind of back, I'll share the kind of backstory on it. Um, my, so when we were talking before about my consulting career, we, we worked with companies that were in distress. And, and my role in particular was typically I'd go in and work with either the CFO or the treasurer 
and and the focus was always on on cash flow in those situations it's how can we free up liquidity how can we make sure that we can pay wages this week how do we get how do we find and generate cash because without you know everyone talks about it but you know without without both cash on hand and ability to find or generate cash it's really tricky to be in business and so when i came into the online space um i was like i i need to you know draw on the experiences that i've got and one of those is businesses need an ability to generate cash um, and quickly so over the last few years i've just been you know compiling these different strategies and i've got like i've got some folders and stuff that sit on my desk and, and i print stuff out and and build out folders of different strategies and stuff that i pick up over time and one thing that i've always looked out for but i've never found is is literally a program that just focuses on here's a you know rolodex or whatever you want to call it of strategies that will let you generate cash quickly um and it's something i've wanted to put together for a long time and because we were heavily involved with, with in saa which i've stepped back from a little bit now um i had a bit of capacity at the start of the year so i, I literally like locked myself in the office for about four or five days and and, and got it done um and uh what it's built around is in each of those strategies we spend a chunk of time talking about what i call psychological buying triggers so there's these things that there's these things that if you can stack them on top of each other makes it really hard for, for people not to jump at an offer. Not everyone's going to jump at it, but the people that read it and it hooks them, if you stack these few things on top, like scarcity, like exclusivity, like it being new, um, like it being kind of personalized and bespoke, there's all these different things. you can. If you don't just put one of them, like, oh, my new program's out, but, oh, my new program's out and I'm only taking five people and the doors are closing in five hours and I'm going to be working directly with these five people. Like if you start to stack those five things on top of each other or, or whatever number of them, every one that you layer becomes more and more powerful. And so the way these are structured is that they all have multiple of those triggers built into them, um, which makes it really effective to get people to buy stuff quickly. And so, yeah, it's, it's a very to the point. Um, I think there's in total, there'd be between maybe three and four hours of content. It's not a lot of sitting and watching videos. Um, it's do this, do that. Here's the copy framework. Here's the emails to send. Here's the Facebook posts. Go and plug in your offers and and, and off you go. Um, which is where, you know, that's where I want all my content to be. I, I, I can't, as a busy business owner, getting into a course and then having to sit and watch like three hour long videos is, is pretty tough. You just don't have the time to do it. And so that's, you know, that's where all our stuff is geared towards is, is very short, punchy to the point, do this, do that, do this. And, uh, so yeah, that's what that's what it's all built around. It's really something that I always looked for and was never able to find. So I just went fuck it and built it myself. <laughs> cool, cool. So are there are there strategies uh, for different selling techniques? Then is, is that what you were getting out there? Yeah. So it's it's like different different structures that you can roll out um, or different types of content that you can create in order to sell. Um, so yeah, different selling strategies, but also different offer structures. So how can you, so for example, a big one being people love something that's new, but you don't always have a new program to roll out, right? So there's a couple of in, couple of ones in there where you can kind of put a new bow around an existing program um, that all of a sudden you've got something new to offer people without actually needing to go and you know reinvent the wheel. So it's both offer structure and and sales process um, that kind of really doubles down on those 
triggers that we spoke about yeah that's fantastic so mm. guys just as it says on the screen if you head over to macOS online forward slash go forward slash fast cash that'll send you over to uh the flash cast rolex Thanks, website mate. um it's linked in the description and if you're listening on the podcast it's also linked in the show notes as well um so you can head over there you can check out the video and the um, massive amount of copywriting that there is on that page <laughs> yeah it's pretty long because it is it's 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 not overbearing by the way before i kind of scare people off it's not overbearing but it's definitely enough for you to understand exactly what the program is yeah. and to be able to make a decision on the spot which is yeah. perfect um so just quickly, uh, what's your favourite food? Oh, well, I commented on I commented on your post when someone asked that. Um, ever since I was a little did, kid, yeah. I've always been obsessed with mashed potatoes. Like I just love mashed potato, um, and it's it's probably going to put me in an early grave with the way that I cook it, with the amount of butter and milk and you know all this unhealthy shit. But I'll, if if look if I could go out for a dinner, it's going to be one of two things. It's either going to be Japanese food. Or if, you know, if I'm with a bunch of guys and we're going out for kind of a, a lad's dinner, so to speak, it'd be a steak with a nice glass of red wine would be would be the go-to. Great, great. And uh, Shelly Hopkins wants to know when you're moving over to Oklahoma. I don't even know what Oklahoma is. It's <laughs> <laughs> in the United States. No, I, I, knew that, I knew that much, but I couldn't tell you where it is on a map. Um, no, I couldn't even. Shelly, look, Shelly, you're going to have to, you know, I, I love you and you're great, but you're going to have to put together a pretty <laughs> compelling pace, case to get me away from my, my pad on the beach here. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, you might, I, I know you're doing really well on TikTok, but you might have to level up your sales game a little bit if you're going to convince me away from the Gold Coast. <laughs> that, that's, that's funny. Um so guys, if like I said before, just to re just to mention it again, if you add yourself over to michaelellisonline.com forward slash go forward slash fast cash, that will send you over to Jacob's website, which you can check out the pro all the program details in full. Um and it's also worth noting that the price will increase after the thirty first of January. That's right. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. And Jacob is not one for fake scarcity. It does put the prices up. Yeah. We had we've had so we we've had we had a guy jump in this week who who took one of the he took one of the strategies and sent out one email and, and three X his investment with like a five line email. So it's like it's one of those things that it's it's for people that are gonna grab it and do something with it and uh Assuming you've got something to sell and you've got some people to sell it to, it'll it'll work well for you. And that's exactly what it says on the website too. <laughs> if you've got something to sell and you've got some kind of audience to sell it to, it's going to work. Yeah. It's been brilliant chatting, chatting to you today. Uh, if there's one question I should have asked that I haven't asked, what would it be and what would the answer be? That's a good one. It's a bit, a bit like Jeopardy, isn't it? Um, I mean, it, I, I don't know the exact makeup of your audience, but I think what most people are looking for is like, what's the 
what's the key to make it in this game in this internet marketing space and in the online business um and and i could give it if i could give a couple of pieces of advice um it would be i mean the the first and, and very cliche but the cliches are are cliches for a reason is because they're true um is is stick with it because when you do crack it and the only reason you you won't crack it is if you don't stick with it um when you do it it is one of the most it, it's so fun it, it is is so fun to wake up every day and and get to work on creating content around stuff that i'm interested in and work with people of a like mind and and think about engineering you know systems and, and offers and all that like it is you couldn't have a better job um, so, you know, keep that in mind if you think about quitting because that's what you're potentially sacrificing. Um, the other thing too is to, to keep yourself as level as possible. So there's going to be, you know, over the average journey for someone who does stick with it, there's going to be some amazing highs, but there's also going to be some amazing lows. And, and I think for a lot of people getting started, they're naturally going to tie those to money and it's not always the case. Um, three of the toughest months in my business came after I had a six figure day. And that was because I had other shit going on. I was lost. I didn't have the direction that I, I needed. Um, and, and th that's going to happen. You're going to have huge highs and you're going to have some, some pretty bad lows and your ability to kind of trim the top and the bottom off those and, and stay as kind of central as possible will, will preserve your, your energy and your and your kind of mental sanity. So so ride the roller coaster, but you know don't don't get when, when things celebrate, but don't celebrate too much. And when things are bad, you know deal with them, but don't don't get stuck in the dumps. It's like try and try and stay as centered as possible, regardless of which direction things go. Um, what's the old saying? You know, it's it's never as good as it seems, and it's never as bad as it seems. Um, that's that's a really helpful tip in this space because you know. Uh, think both both things will happen and and you need it you need to try and um stay centered and and i think the the third piece would be you've got to really balance a long-term and a short-term perspective um always always have some clarity on on where you're ultimately going and 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 you know why you're doing something i, I see people who um particularly in the in the affiliate space they they jump between offers they jump between opportunities they they jump between programs um, and that, you know, they might be promoting something really good. And then, and then, you know, the next week I'll see them and they're into some like crypto bullshit. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're regressing, you're going backwards. So, you know, if you've got clarity on where you want to go, just make sure that each of the steps that you're taking each day, each piece of content, each offer you make, um, is that, is that ultimately pushing you in the direction that you want to go? Or are you starting to go down a path? Um, and this is the same as life, but but in a business context, like are you are you ultimately moving in the direction that you want to go? And and that move is that going to be something that in five years time you're going to look back and go that was really stupid or that was really smart? So you've got to balance the short term with with thinking is is this ultimately taking me um, in the right direction? And and following your gut is is super important. You know, everyone everyone looks externally for advice. I think. I think bringing it back internally is going to give you a lot more insight in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's that's brilliant, brilliant answers. It's, it's been great chatting to you today, um, yeah, and and uh, I hope the audience out there gets a lot of value from you um, and takes note on some of the things that you said because some of them, you know, the very 
important subjects that you pointed out um, and topics that you pointed out today. So uh, on the behalf of the audience, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, sharing your insights. It's been good. So guys, don't forget to like and subscribe um, for future episodes coming up later down the line. Um, And it's been a pleasure as always. See you on the next one. See ya.